father, son, and house of Gucci. Hello, popsters. It is me, your Persephone. I'm back, as usual, with uh, Dexter by my side. He's going to bark any second now. You just wait. You just wait. Um, I am joined this week, finally, the return of Sir William Roger Connors. Sir William Roger Connors. Greetings and salutations. Thank you. You are welcome. For including me. My God, it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. I'm also joined for the first time ever with Gustavo. Hello, Gustavo. Hello. Or just Gus. No, it's Gustavo. He, he will demand it's Gustavo. It's a stop. I demand it. Yeah. Gustavo, pronounce your last name so she can pronounce it. So I do it. not say it. Foliadella. Foliadella. I'm with Gustavo Foliadella. I say it like I'm Lady Gaga in... Are you Italian? In the yeah. Gucci movie. Which That's is not even Italian. It's just a... Transylvanian. It's a com- combination of 30 accents into one very She's unique sound. She's very proud of herself, though. She is. And she... Did you hear the recent... <laughs> or read the recent article where she was talking about how she... Um, how she drove by the, like, the site of the shooting and she immediately felt guilt because she was so in character that it affected her. And I was like, girl, I love you, but the drama, the, well, the high-stakes drama. I won't watch it if she doesn't feel guilt. Okay. The, we are all talking about the long, I would say long-awaited and much-touted Ridley Scott film, House of Gucci. By the way, this is going to be a hot goss section today, hot goss episode. Hot goss. For hot gossip. Is there like an echo effect after yes. that? Okay, good. I just made the echo effect. Could this, just do it. It's kind of a mid-November purge. We're not even at mid-November. We're at beginning November, end of October purge. And there's already a lot. And there's a lot. But House of Gucci's coming out. I thought it was coming out on the 21st, which is my birthday. But I believe it's coming out the 19th, that Friday. Ridley Scott. And... um. I have covered, and I have talked about this, I have covered the true crime story about a, a Patrizia Reggiana and the husband that she had killed in a previous episode. Go and look for that. In season one, I covered that. Maybe season two. I can't remember. You all go back and look. But the thing to know is um, Patrizia Reggiani is alive. She was released from prison, kind of on a technicality, She's working as a consultant for a high-end jeweler somewhere in Milan, where it doesn't look like she's really working that much. She's got that bird, though. She does have a McCall that she walks around Italy with. Um, and um, she was very pissed off, and I think rightly so, that uh, Stephanie Germanata did not, also known as Lady Gaga, did not seek her out. Yes, but don't, I mean, don't you think like you have to factor in the fact that this woman is a murderer, and of course she's a murderess. Going, a murderess, and she, <laughs> and she is going to. I think, in my opinion, based off of what I have heard of her, <laughs> bend things in her favor of drastically. I mean, the woman did she not seek out a witch doctor at one point? She po- <laughs> no. In order to kill, murder her husband, she did consult with a bruja. In Italian, it's strega. That is a witch, I, which I love because I'm a witch. So, but she, I am la strega. So she sought out the strega, but they were they were hanging out beforehand. Her, her, Maurizio, Patrizia, they all kind of hung out and did 
light witchcraft together. When I say light witchcraft, I'm talking like, you know, your run-of-the-mill seances and tarot card readings. I don't think anything heavy. So he certainly knew who this dame was before. But what I'm saying is, even if she wasn't, I think you could go and actually meet with this person. I understand when actors don't do it if they are like, I don't want it to influence my portrayal. But she's portraying her at a much younger age. Mm -hmm. I still think out of courtesy, I know she's a murderess. I still would have met with the dame. Yeah. Um, because I think it would have done, I think it would have been some good press. I want a picture of her and the McCall and Lady Gaga. <laughs> they each have a McCall. Like, Lady Gaga has a color coordinated <laughs> macaw that she wears to the, the meeting with Patricia. Um, I mean, I feel like even though the woman's a murderess, the, the, the photo ops would have been stunning. See, I'm complete opposite. I would not want to meet with a murderess. I would also probably not take a role portraying somebody who murdered. But you have live in a world of morals and. (laughs) Well, first off, I first off this, um, this story has everything. It is. It's going to be a camp classic. I'm telling you, because it's got it's got the wealth, it's got the clothes, it's got the accents. It's got the actors. It's going to be... It's got the soundtrack. It's got the soundtrack. It looks visually stunning. Yeah. It's going to be gorgeous. It was all filmed, you know, on location in different parts of Italy. But the funny thing about it is when it was first already... I mean, Lady Gaga on Star is Born is one thing. I think she's I think she's talented, but she's playing a performer. She's playing a struggling artist, a struggling singer, okay? Mm-hmm. We are... Lady Gaga is Italian. She will tell you, even if you don't ask. So I, I got <laughs> they got that right. But these accents, guys. I saw the second trailer. First off, please stop indulging Jared Leto and stop putting him in unnecessary prosthetic makeup. There's a movie out there called Mr. Nobody. I, to this day, have no idea how I feel, feel about it. I... I think I hate it, but I also think I love it. But he's in a variety of prosthesis in that. But so he's playing one of the uncles. And the uncle is supposed to be, I'd say, late 60s, early 70s. I know that we have some actors out there of this age, especially because the other older actors in this are age appropriate, like are appropriate people. It's like Al Pacino. And Jeffrey Irons, or two of them. And I'm like, you you couldn't have found... But I'm like, I guarantee you it was indulging that motherfucker. Because he is such a... He is such a pain in the ass. It's a bit... It's got to be a bit of ego. Well, and I don't right. know if... I don't know if this man... I've never seen photos of the man in which it was based upon. But you could throw as many <laughs> prosthetic pieces on Jared Leto as you want. Um, the size of his skull in this makeup is off-putting. <laughs> I don't know if this man had a notably large head, but he it doesn't. Did. It does. Was it that big? Did it look that large? I will see if I can seek a side by side and get it on the website so people <laughs> can look. I think everything in this movie is dipped in what I would call a heightened reality. A dipped in prosecco, lit on fire, <laughs> and has a bunch of fucking spaghetti sauce on top of it. <laughs> because it's a real heightened reality. I mean, when the previews and you're seeing 
Jared Leto look up at Adam Driver. Adam Driver looks like the only one who may be holding back a little. And he's like, oh, you married quite the spitfire. I'm like, Chef fucking Boyardee, <laughs> sit down. And she Bravo. Like, like everything. Yeah. Is and she's like, the father, the son, the house of Gucci. <laughs> but my name is a Gucci. Ay, ay, ay. It was a name so sweet. <laughs> Like it's just, it is. Oh, can Dracula come take my blood to go to House of Gucci? <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I look at the films that have withheld the test of time. Look at a Valley of the Dolls. But the Valley example. of the Dolls was not. I feel like Ridley Scott is like maybe we'll. He's gonna change his mind and go. Oh no, this was intentionally camp. Like Valley of the Dolls was done. That direction was done extremely seriously. And what turned it into camp was people saw it and they said, this is a fucking joke, right? Because people don't act this way. And the lines, you were talking, Roger. Roger has a wonderful podcast called Dark Night of the Podcast um, that he hosts with Troy Escamilla. 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 Check it out. Um, It's great. But they just covered a movie called Gravy. And they were talking about camp in it and essentially like the use of certain language and they use the F word faggot. I hate saying it, but they use that in that movie. And what makes Valley of the Dolls so camp classic is they throw throw around the word fag it in such hilarious ways, to be honest, especially in the setting being in the late sixties that it, completely turned at camp at that moment. Right. Because people weren't saying that. It was so exaggerated. It so, was so, so exaggerated. Can we define camp? Because I, I don't even... So camp is essentially a movie that's intentions when they first made it were serious. So the intentions were, were making a dramatic movie. Valley of the Dolls is the greatest example. It's based on a Jacqueline Suzanne novel... Um, really about the Broadway and L.A. world of actors and actors, the drugs, the fucking, all of that. Um, the, you know, the treachery, the agents. And it was very much based on that woman's life in the 50s. They changed it and updated it to the mid-60s, mid to late 60s. And the director, you know, made it very serious. Even though the dialogue in the book was kind of, hilarious to the point like people don't really say this it was like shocking dialogue so he just inserted it all there he made everything ultra serious but the direction was like the choices that the actors made were just like i are they serious oh she's serious and that's hilarious because the way this is interpreted like the it comes off as very funny showgirls is another example of that when they did showgirls that was supposed to be done as this very serious, almost titillating expose on the, on the Vegas, on Vegas dancers, what have you, that world. And the direction and the way Elizabeth Berkeley, per the director, acted, and it wasn't her fault. The director was like, no, I need this bigger. I need this bigger. It's so over the top. It's so over the top. You'll see this if you watch Valley of the Dolls and you look at, for example, Patty Duke's performance. Patty Duke... Mind you, prior to this, Tony went Tony winning actress, 
Oscar-winning actress for The Miracle Worker. So when she gets in this as an adult, people are like, next Oscar. She's yeah. got, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. And what you see is literally the most unhinged, hilarious performance ever of this, like, actress who was spiraling downwards. Very much a, uh, a young Judy Garland yeah. type. And it wasn't supposed to be like that. Like, the cast was fucking upset. They were like, oh, we made a serious, we went out to make a serious movie. Yeah. So, my thoughts are with House of Gucci is this. The intent is that this is a serious movie. I feel like the audience and especially Gaga's fan base is going to take this. And they're going to think everything that she does is. I mean, they're true stands. They're not fans. They're like everything that she does is perfect. You know, I know a few of you out there who are listening to this who stand her like this. Um but I think it's going to come off. There's just at least what I have seen. There is a lot of campy elements to it. I would probably agree with that. Um, I don't think it's going to be full camp, but I think it might be one of the... I don't think it's going to... I will be shocked if it gets good reviews. I don't think you're going to get the tone of a Star is Born. No. You are absolutely going to get like... Well, a, the Star is Born is very... The, that's very real to yeah. me. That's... That's the opposite. That didn't of happen, it. and we're portraying it, and it feels real. This did happen, we're portraying it, and it feels unreal. Right. Like the campy <laughs> aspects of A Star is Born is really the stuff that are just like add ons. Her, her in the drag club mm-hmm. is a little bit tongue in cheek, especially with knowing Gaga's support from the gay community and her like. Perf- yeah, there are elements that are self-aware. Yes, very self-aware. Very self-aware. Her performing as the created um, Alley character that they really make into it's a, a heightened reality. Uh, yes, I think I think the best way to define like camp is that it it's when something that is supposed to feel real doesn't quite hit the mark, and instead it feels like a heightened reality or in like a an ex- it's an exaggeration of the truth. It's it's just it's something that is. Meant to be portrayed on an emotionally, like, relatable level. And instead, it's something that it's so big that it's like, I can't really... People don't act like this. People don't, you know, exist like this. Like, John Waters channeled a lot of camp. Yes. You know, but that was a very self-aware camp. You know, like... He He knew knew he was doing it. It was intentional. But it's all based off of, like you said, Valley of the Dolls. that, That tone that's very much like movies that have hit the mark trying to be one thing, but instead are remembered for being something completely different, but still cherished in their own right. It's like performance satire. Yeah, but unintentional oftentimes, or most of the time. Honestly, with this one, if it was intentional, it would make sense because this story is so over the top. And the fact that it happened, like you almost want to portray the story as camp and uh, the way you guys are defining it because it's so... It, it leaves the audience being like, this happened? Well, and I think... <laughs> yeah. Happened. And a lot of people, honestly, a lot of Americans, people know about the Versace murder. And they really know about the Versace murder because it was on American soil. It was yeah. it was in Miami. It was on Ocean, Ocean Drive. I mean, a lot of people, if they're not... Are they not aware of this murder that happened in the 90s in Italy? If they're not from Italy... You know, it wasn't covered in the same way. It was very pre-internet, early internet when it happened. Um, 
And it's one of the, it's definitely one of those things that I don't know, I don't think they're going to have enough time to really focus on it. But a little bit like Versace and that family, there was a lot of infighting with that family, but nothing compared to the Gucci family. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking two or three generations of infighting. We got a guy that, first off, the guy that started Gucci, I shit you not, his name was Gucci Gucci. Gucci Gucci, and he started because he was a porter. He had a pretty humble job. He was a porter from like a train, and he realized, like the 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 trunks that were coming on and off of like trains and ships and stuff. They weren't in great condition, and they weren't. There was no style to them. They were like, and he had these people that had money, so he saw a need. And he create, created his first shop in Italy, like a Gucci store. And their specialty was trunks and luggage and leather goods. And very custom and very elite. And that's how he started. Hmm. And he's the one that it all started from. And he never, I don't think in his wildest dreams, would ever think, oh, I'll have a shop. Maybe I'll be lucky to have two shops. Mm-hmm. And it grew into this empire. And it grew into a real big, crazy label thing that really... Exists to this day. Exists to this day, but really in the late 80s, early 90s, it got, they, um, it was like a cash grab. They just were putting that label on, they're like, uh, put it on pens, put it on this. Yeah. And, you know, and now the majority, while there's Gucci's that are still affiliated with the brand, they don't own a majority of it anymore. Mm. It, it belongs to, I think, somebody in the Arab Emirates. Like, and a lot of it has to do um, with the management of it from Maurizio before he died. A lot of it. So, one of the things about the movie that I'm sure they're going to bring up, and I do believe this, is that Patrizia, um, even though she was seen as like an interloper from the family, she was very, um, she had a pretty good business mind. And she was very demonstrative with him. And that was, that overwhelmed him and uh, was really the downfall of their marriage. But, like, she did not believe he was running the place, you know, correctly anyway. So, and now they are where they're at. But um, I think this will, I think the fashion's going to be awesome. I think the location shots will be awesome. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more one-piece, you know, snowsuits. We're going to see a lot of great snowsuits. Coming right out of the movie? The footage of her yes. just skiing, just elegantly skiing, I'm like, God. I mean, she does, they really, she does look quite a lot like her. She does. She's a tiny, tiny little, little Coke bottle, just like, I mean, just like Patrizia was, but. um, I think one thing that we need to like, before seeing the full product that we need to keep in mind is. And Gustavo, you kind of hit on this a little bit. I think that there's a very good chance that this project may have intentionally been something created to be a self-aware, campy piece of cinema. Like, I mean, like the story is a heightened reality in of its of in of, in and of itself. Um, and for a cinematic to, to tell the most. Um, entrancing cinematic story possible, I can see them wanting to lean into that kind of like larger than life 
portrayal because it makes for, in some ways, it probably makes for a better feature-length film, especially if you're going to cast a Lady Gaga and cast, you know, some of these characters that you have in all of this elaborate makeup and everything. Like, I mean, it may very well just be Ridley Scott's vision to make something that is larger than life. And I don't know, we'll, we'll know when we see it, but it could be intentional that there, he's like, go a little bit bigger with the accents. Go a little bit bigger with the visuals. Yeah. I'm trying to tell something that feels like... Cinematic. Cinematic and like you're seeing something that is meant to be... Um, have just a little more flair than what you'd experience in reality. Yeah, you want that audience member to leave and be like, what did I just see? Is, yeah. is, is did this really happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, there's a if you guys have ever, any, ever seen anything by Adam McKay, he did The Big Short, mm -hmm. which was excellent. To me... A that, bit confusing, I'm not it's, really... Oh, I had to watch it a couple times. <laughs> but... I thought that was, it's not camp, but I thought it was one of the best examples of, we're going to talk about a heavy subject, and we're going to insert enough humor into this so it feels real. He's the same guy who does Succession as well. He writes that, uh, he's the executive producer of that with, um, actually with Will Ferrell, and there's a lot of that in there. And I almost wish we, and I'm already judging this before I see this, but... It would have been interesting to see his treatment on this because one of the reasons why Succession and The Big Short are so work so well is because you have when something really heavy happens because it's there's enough humor tied in there it feels very resonant and it's just like it stops you in its tracks of like holy shit you know but this is going to be something. And let me tell you, I will be there opening night. I don't know why I'm like acting like I'm not going to be. I will be there opening night. Oh, I'll be there with you. I mean, I'm sure people will be dressed up. Yes, Lady Gaga. If, there, if there's not drag queens dressed up as Lady Gaga, and as... I see that snowsuit sitting in the <laughs> sitting in the audience. I mean, I'll be disappointed. I I do think you're the sophomore. Curse is real, though. So I think people need to adjust expectations. Gaga stands out there. We all know Star is Born was fabulous. And she was also in her wheelhouse. And she was definitely in her wheelhouse. And believe me, how the success of this story is not going to come down just on Gaga. But they are putting a lot behind her on this. I mean, she's front and center. It's really, um, it's really more of Maurizio's story. It's she, because remember, Patrizia is married into the fucking Gucci's, but they got her front and center with Adam Driver on one side and prosthetics on the other side. Is it just me or is it seem like a death sentence to start a major fashion brand? Like you got the Versace oh. murder. Like, oh, what? not only that, but you there's also a war between, and it's not a murder, but you look at Dolce and Gabbana. They were partners for, uh, male partners for years, both professional and romantic. And they're no longer partners, but they're professional partners. And they've had a lot of discord because I've had to, all of a sudden after, and I think they were together for over 20 years, you have, you have to put your professional hat on and know that you have a, a brand, a label, uh, an empire at stake. 
and you've got these personal relationships. Yeah, the Versace, I do think it's, I, I, I don't know if it's cursed, but I think it's, I, I think especially these brands that have been around for a very long time, um, they've obviously had many more. I have been the Gucci all my life. It is an empire. You can help the family. Gucci is not exciting, and everybody knows it. At least it's my name, sweetie. Our name, sweetie. Gucci is my name, too. When you look at, at anything fashion-based, I mean, A, it's artists in general, uh -huh. and emotional people. But you also, like, there's a lot of collaboration between people. And when you have people, uh, especially of an artistic nature, but when you have people such as that who collaborate and one feels slighted or one feels misrepresented or somebody feels like they're not getting their fair share, right? that is um, you know, a gateway to people feeling jealous or um, overlooked or not like, you know, like there, it, it opens the floodgates. And I think you see a lot of people um, within the industry feeling like their need for vengeance, feeling they've been wronged, feeling they've been slighted. And um, I just think because the the world of fashion, it is it's not just one. It's never just one person. There may end up being one person who becomes the the face of the right. brand, the name of the brand, the representation of the brand. But there's so many people who fall behind it, and with that, there's a lot of people who don't get the their fair stake in the matter. You know, right. And that's where I think you see a lot of these people come forward who demand their compensation, demand their fame, demand whatever it is. Demand what they feel they're entitled to, and you know sometimes you've got people who just snap and they <laughs> they uh they've been pushed a little too far and they they make a bad call and pretty soon they're killing their husband. Right. Yeah. Or you know, or they're going to keep people if it's if it's just punitive with money, they're going to keep people tied up in lawsuits for years. I mean, exact. I what bother what fascinates me is more and more you're seeing celebrity brands. Like you're seeing, um, you know, you got Rihanna's Fenty brand. You have great lingerie, by the way. Highly, highly recommend Rihanna's songs. Just say, and she knows what she's doing. Well, I mean, Is it yeah. the Caribbean? You think of that Caribbean flavor? That the Caribbean heat. I mean, the, her lingerie is so sexy. And Good meant for, for all body types. Yeah, and also a little plug. Her latest Fenty show is on Amazon Prime. If you guys haven't, they have all of them. I think there's like three now. Um, if you have not watched this latest Fenty show, please watch it. It's amazing. There's like live performances throughout it. And of course, my queen's little daughter, good old Lola. Good old Lola Ciccone Leone is modeling. Madonna's. Madonna's daughter is modeling throughout, models throughout it. Um, so... Definitely, definitely check it out. But I guess my question is, we have a lot of celebrities who are collaborating. You have, so we got Fenty's alone. That's her own line. But then you got like, then you have um, Beyonce, who has Blue Ivy, which isn't that a collaboration with Adidas? Oh, it's all like, run, it's all like track suits and everything, But right? it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's athleisure. Athletic wear? Athleisure. 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 I didn't leisure, know that that's, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, it's athleisure. Came Ath up in a trivia question. <laughs> yeah, athleisure was was 
excuse me, used and said before the pandemic, but um, thing now. many brands, yeah, that. many brands have actually emerged out of the pandemic that are doing nothing but athleisure. But I'm wondering when people are having these collabs, and you see a lot of it with makeup too. You'll see like, I don't know, you'll do, you'll see like a, give me a makeup collab, like a so-and-so times. You saw it a lot in the, um, and the Morphe line before they're like, we can't use Jeffree Star anymore. They had like Jeffree Star collaborating with Morphe. And then you had all of these other makeup artists before they were asked to leave, <laughs> before they were asked to leave the party for saying horrible and sensitive racial remarks on YouTube or, you know, before they got canceled, you saw them, Jaclyn Hill collaborating. So I see a lot more as those things continue with fashion, with makeup, that's where you see a lot of lawsuits coming out of. Like you see a lot of, well, like Kat Von D, who was a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. She had a big to-do with Jeffree Star. They were once friends. I think they're both probably awful people. Do you not agree? <laughs> no, I'm sure I think Kat, I mean, I mean, Kat Von D, like, I mean, she dated a, a fucking Nazi. So I'm just, shut the fuck up, Kat Von D. Um, she does have great eyeliner, though. Um, <laughs> and great cover. I mean, yeah. Her, uh, I, I her mean, tattoo cover or concealer. Oh, my this God. Is, yeah, this is, this is always the problem, right? It's like, oh, here's an awful person, and do I give my money to them? But their product is so good. I did get that. I did get the concealer before I knew about the Nazi thing. But she's dated, like, not just one Nazi, guys. There's been more than one how do you even find that many Nazis nowadays? Well, you know. You've got to be on a, a pro-Nazi kind of. I think I think what you do is this. I think you're in an extreme industry that yeah. attracts extreme people. So when she was at the height of her, she doesn't do the tattoo stuff anymore. But when she had her tattoo show. Yeah. You're attracting extreme people. Yeah. So, like, there's also, like, people who are, like, extreme, like, straight edge who are, like. Like, don't put any substances in them, and they're fully tattooed. You can't judge a book by its cover with ta tattooed folks. She makes me think of, like, a Tila Tequila. Remember Tila te Tequila? Oh, Tila, Tila Tequila loves Nazis she now. Loves na well, and she loves which is so strange, because it, what she is she is not white. She is uh, some sort of uh, an oh, exotic. Well, no, she is, um, I, I believe that Tila Tequila, somebody, somebody um, correct me on this. I'm not looking it up. I'm sorry. I can't put this much effort in her. I thought she was Filipino. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, very similar to Darren Chris. Darren Chris, who was in the assassination of Versace, by the way. He's Filipino? He is half Filipino. I had no idea. And that was why the casting was done well. Yeah. Because Andrew Kananen was half Filipino. Um, he's beautiful, that Darren Chris. He is. He is. Very lovely. Very lovely. I heard he might be a garbage person, um, personally. Sorry. Sorry, Darren Chris. This is just from a person. Hearsay. It's just hearsay. It's hearsay. But I heard you did have a dirty deck for a while. Um, running around Chicago. If you're listening to this, your secrets are out. Your secrets are out, <laughs> The gays know. We know. Anyways, um, not to get, not to, not to, um, what are we talking about? We're talking about Darren Chris with his dirty dick. Okay, now I'm off subject, but I've lost, I've lost what we were talking about. Well, we were talking about Tila Tequila, real yeah. quick. So Tila Tequila, just in the last five years, started to identify as a conservative and a Nazi. A or pro, like, <laughs> Nazi supporter. <laughs> Which is a very strange move on her behalf because she was at one point bisexual. 
I thought that was, I felt like that was, looking back, let's face it, that was all performative. She had that show, which is great, which I wish a they shot of love. Shot at love with Taylor Tequila, which I wish they would do with a better person. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, they could fucking do that in Cleveland. I think you and I alone know so many people that are um, queer that date multiple genders. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Actually, can we have a shot at love with someone in Cleveland? Mackenzie Merriman. <laughs> She's going to love it, Mackenzie. We're shouting you yeah, out, girl. Mackenzie. Shot at love with Mackenzie Merriman. <laughs> a shot at love. But we call it a chug of, a chug of love. Because <laughs> I, I see her being more of a, like a, like a brewery kind of, like a well crafted. But Mackenzie doesn't drink. Oh my god! She doesn't drink. Um, I so didn't know that. Honestly, I would, didn't think. I, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, Mackenzie doesn't drink. I haven't been out, Mackenzie. We haven't been out for a minute. So it would be like a dash of love. I mean, you. Yeah, could, we gotta do. It's like a cooking. Like it's a, a cooking class and a romantic. Pursuit. Mackenzie, um, I need you to really, after you listen to this, tell us personally. Well, the chug at love because she could be chugging milk. She could be. Ch- she could be chugging. It doesn't have to be an alcoholic. She could ch- chug in Perrier, and yeah. Well, she's not going to want to be around a big booze hound of a of a person who's trying to date I mean, her. Gustavo's my boyfriend, but I would be happy to offer him up for a series. He drinks. I mean, Gustavo, <laughs> if you were to have a TV show in which you were trying to date people, because Gustavo's bisexual, let's just put it out there. Uh, people of all assorted genres. Um, shot we, we have to be something Brazilian. What is a, a, a shot of like a shot in the sense of a shot of a drink, <laughs> Gustavo, in Portuguese? What is that? Uh, what is a what, how a you shot. say a shot? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay, what a chug or like a sip. What's a sip? No idea. These are these are very drink. specific <laughs> words. Right, like a, a, a drink, bebida, bebida, a bebida at love with Gustavo in love. <laughs> Amor. Amor. A bebida of amor with Gustavo. L'amour? Amor. Amor. Like amor. Okay. But I will say, I will give this to MTV. I don't give them many things. But they were ahead of their time with the A Shot at Love. But I would like another network that is not MTV. Give it to me, Amazon Prime. Give it to... And I think it needs to be filmed in Cleveland. And we are offering... Up like a sacrifice, Mackenzie you know, Merriman. The name of the show is Blue Collar and Buy. No, and then, she's not blue. <laughs> no, I'm trying to come up with a good title for the show. But I don't that, know that, she, that, how she identifies. I but, should be jumping to conclusions. Well, first off, <laughs> Blue Collar. God, that doesn't. It's Cleveland. It's Cleveland. But Blue Collar and Buy <laughs> is saying something else. If we're specifically focusing on one person, because Mackenzie. I would not. De- I would say that she is not blue well, collar or white collar or anything. No, at this like point, it. I'm not even thinking of Mackenzie so much. I'm trying to think of of what lends itself to Cleveland. It makes and it queer. really sound like we're in a logging town. <laughs> of that we're very much in the steel belt, right? Isn't that what this is? Steel love, but this but it's a dying <laughs> industry of steel in this area. There's really not much steel. It just has to be like. I don't want it to be Buckeye, Buckeye and Bye. Because <laughs> I don't think bye it's... Bye-bye Buckeye. Bye-bye. It's B-I. B-I-B-I. Bye-bye Buckeye. Anne margaret sings a theme song. Like we get I mean, I would like it if I could have Anne margaret on here as the hostess. Okay, I want Anne margaret 
I want my friend Mackenzie as at least the first year contestant. We got to think of this as but the But we got to think of the title to accommodate her. I know. <laughs> but it's it's not going to just accommodate her. It's got to accommodate the series. It's got to accommodate the town. Um, I I am tired of these dating and dating reality shows having to be in LA and New York and somewhere nice. Come on, come here with four seasons in God's. In- I mean, come here during the summer. The and, fall's not awful. We have no. Show. I got the show. You do the first half of it in the summer, and then you do the second half in the winter when everyone's suffering from seasonal depression. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's when you start voting them off. That's because you you see who's compatible. with Oh each my other. god, the seasonal oh depression god. months would be the best. The fighting, the infighting, the group dates during that because Just people fighting because everyone's bored. Yeah. Well, no, the folks, by the way, aren't all going to be. This is going to be very much. Format that you've seen in like F Boy Island. So you're saying that They're on coming. my on my show, I'm gonna get folks flying in from all over the country. Correct. Yeah, and it's called Sad Love with Gustavo. <laughs> sad, but sad isn't like seasonal affective depression. Sad love, and every season, so first season, Sad Love with Mackenzie Merriman. No, we can't. Sad, sad Love. Sad. We are not calling Why? it Sad Love. Why? Gustavo, you, first of all, you're in a relationship. You're not allowed to be on this show. <laughs> Let's be clear. This is all just hypothetical. Mackenzie, I don't know why your name came up in this, but apparently you're on the show oh as well. Oh, my God, Mackenzie. You had no idea will. this episode was so much devoted to you. <laughs> yeah. And I did not get your... I, I'm not getting your um, approval. No, we got to run it by her first. Well, no, the show got to run we'll it go. by her. But you're on this show. I love you. But you're on this show you're today. You're the hot topic this week. Definitely the hot topic, and she's looking great, by the way. She oh her hair is blue now. What's well, because you're right. You did. She had told me that she had gone completely clean. She is not drinking. You're. I forgot right. about that. No wonder she looks so tight and right. And a vegan. God, that's so much. Meanwhile, I'm here, a hundred pounds heavier, <laughs> sipping this. This uh, is a gadget, Urban Artifact. Let's give it a shout out. Urban Artifact, but I'm buzzed. Urban Artifact um, gadget. We're 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 drinking that, and I would like a sponsorship from Urban Artifact. Yeah, go Um, to their brewery in Cincinnati. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so much fun. Make sure you um can drive and get back after that, though. Yeah, because we're not promoting drunk driving. It is. Mm -hmm. You can just drink there all day. It's adorable. It's a not adorable. It's, it's church, right? It's a church. Yeah. It's, it's a church. And we were only relegated to one part of the church because there was a big event going on. And it's, we're big Cincinnati fans now. Love after it. Cincinnati was great. We, was we great. had um, us three, this dynamic trio, we went to see Miss Kesha at the brand new Newport Amphitheater in Cincinnati. And we were the first people to see a show there because it closed down right before the pandy. And uh, it was awesome. It was for Roger's birthday. And it was a great concert. we had amazing seats. And the th- great thing was we did so much. We saw all this great, these great parts of Cincinnati and Kentucky that we didn't know about. Weather was great. Weather was Weather great. Was great. Ar- architecture is amazing. There's so much history. It's beautiful. Cincinnati is beautiful. I would go back in a heartbeat. Absolutely. But Urban Artifact, I know you're looking to sponsor a podcast. Especially this, one is coherent and, and uh <laughs> and here we are. Here and we are. Especially a podcast not devoted to craft sour beers, but you know, if you get an inkling. If if you sponsor us here, we'll let you have first dibs on Bye Bye Buckeye sponsorships <laughs> it's not as well. Bye bye buckeye. 
<laughs> it's going to be in Cleveland, goddammit. If we say Buckeye, people are going to say Columbus. Okay. And, I mean, we got to do something. Well, no, it was sad love. That's what it was. Sad love. Give me a minute. I'll get you guys Are a better you sad title. During the winter, how about being sad with someone you love? Do you like chicken pot pies? <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Microwavable chicken pot. I don't make the chicken pot pies. Oh my god, you make the best. Guys, will... let's throw a little <laughs> if we're talking about uh sponsorships here, let me just tell you right now, this broad makes these homemade pot pies that really need to be hitting the shelves. If we can get someone, yeah, if we can get someone to fucking freeze and sell your pot pies, they are amazing. I will say, amazing. I can't do much, but I can make one mean chicken pot pie because it's the crust. Because I have a special crust recipe. Don't share it though. I'm, is... I'm not sharing it. What the fuck? I'm not sharing have it. Have you ever had one of her pot pies? I have I'm... not, but the name of her business alone would entice you to have one of her pot pies, which is. Pio Mai. Pio Mai. Pio Mai Cleveland. Which it's really not. Not to be mistaken for Pio Mai. <laughs> Omaha. Omaha. <laughs> Fuck you, Omaha. <laughs> which, and at one point, Teresa was saying that if she ever opened up an edibles company, it would be it would be high oh my so i mean the the marketability factor is there someone needs to jump on this sponsor her business and get those fucking pot pies out on the shelves and i do make good edibles but that's another subject for another episode (laughs) as my work comes in and fires me i don't really make that was a joke (laughs) kidding um anyways i'm gonna do a deep pivot onto a subject that i know people are going to feel strongly about gustavo Jojo Siwa, I need your feelings. First off, Jojo is, she is making magic happen on that dance floor, as I knew she would. If anybody watches Dancing with the Stars, I don't watch it. I used to watch it years ago. I don't watch it. I definitely couldn't, I couldn't get my shit together to watch it this year because it's Tyra Banks hosting. And, man, she's tough to watch. Um, But Jojo... As many people know, has recently, in the last year, came out of the closet. She is no longer with her girlfriend. But um, I did not see that one coming. Tell me about your relationship with JoJo. And, like, maybe with your, your, your knowledge of her with... We know dance moms. Well, here's the thing. I actually do not know who this is because she is not Maddie Ziegler. Oh, stop. Yeah, exactly. Everybody gets Everybody that joke, else right? Is basically, a piece of shit compared to Maddie <laughs> Ziegler. But how do you feel about Maddie Ziegler? Um, I am not a fan. I heard. I think I've heard Ziegler. even. So, folks who don't know this, if you guys haven't seen Dance Moms, I guess you live under a fucking tree or something under a, a bushel. Under Dance Moms. Let me describe <laughs> it this way: Dance Moms is a show you watch. Art devastated that an adult treats children this way but you cannot stop no i can't i i think roger and i and roger will have to clarify this we took a trip one time to chicago on the mega bus only the greatest luxury for us on our trips and uh we had time to kill that's a long trip on a mega bus and I think we watched, I, I think you sat through many episodes of Dance Moms in Bunheads with me. You had just brought up Bunheads with Sutton Foster. I did, thank God for you. You introduced me to the, the Bunheads. With the Bunheads, but we watched, 
we watched a schmattering of of Dan and I. This was before I, the prison stint, too, right? Yeah, Abby. The, the prison before she went to prison. Yeah, Abby yeah. went to prison. Let's let's explain why she went to prison. Well, didn't I? Don't fully understand. Do we know? I thought she went to prison because of what everybody goes to prison for was tax evasion. Mm. I mean, you can murder. But this is going to be like child abuse or something, and no, we're no, all going to be like, we knew no, it. No, no, it was it was all money related. It was tax evasion of some sort. She was oh. putting some some accounts in. She thought she's smarter than the IRS. Well, she thinks she's fucking smarter than everyone. I mean, she's Abby, but um, it was financial fraud. Like, let's just clarify, it was financial fraud. Okay, so, um, but it was, that are probably tied to taxes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You can order someone twi- in the street. I mean, was... you're not going to get, uh, you're, <laughs> but you're, you're not going to, you're not going to cheap out on no. the IRS. Not capitalism in, in America. <laughs> it was 20 counts of financial fraud. Ooh, that's a lot of counts. That's a lot of counts. So she um, went to, she went to, uh, when they investigated her, they found out that she had hidden an additional 775000 of her income from uh, bank, the ongoing bankruptcy proceedings. Where did she hide it? Did she hide it at her mother's Florida home? Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's a deep dive. Because if you watch the show, you see as the years go by, and I haven't watched every year, but her, obviously what happens is she amassed more and more wealth. Here's a little trivia for you guys. Back in the day, I used to competitively dance. So that's what these little dames are doing. Um... So when I tell you that it's, yes, I know some shit is scripted. I know some shit is reshot. Some shit is, re, is, is exaggerated. The energy is a very fucking real with competitive dance. That energy, the way they're watching it, their reactions to who's winning. I completely felt that. And I saw that studio there as well. Like the last year I did it, I remember, because they're right in Pittsburgh. So we would compete a lot throughout like kind of like a, you know, these surrounding states. The parents, I assume, were also very much. Extremely realistic. Like this is not. People don't. Here's the thing. You look at sports and you see stereotypically. It's not as much now, but you see stereotypically like like these dads. I always think of the movie Varsity Blues, Mm -hmm. like who are living Many times, not always, but they're really into their kids' sport, like their the boys' sports, especially now the girls. But it's a lot of them are still living vicariously through them. So these passions and these, um, not just passions, but these, their intentions and their, um, you know, their pushing and all of that aggression is a lot of it's tied to them. Mm-hmm. And it's that concept of, you know, winning and winning and winning. Dance Moms is completely that. But the only difference is mostly the gender that you see doing that and people feeling pissed off about it is the women. Because it's mostly the women that are going, the mothers and the female caretakers that are going to these dance competitions. But that fucking infighting, that energy between studios, all of that shit is extremely real. When I tell you that I was from a dance studio, and they were, I had very, there were very fiery people. It's who a were, Like my mom was chill as fuck. My mom is not from that. And my mom was the one who was with me all the time, all right? 
my mom's not from that background. My mom is not from a performance background. And she would hang out with a woman. My best friend um, was a girl named Tracy. Rest in peace. She passed away from cancer a couple years ago. To this day, one of the most beautiful dancers ever. Powerhouse. Um, But she was my best friend. And, of course, what happens, like, her mom becomes, like, good friends with my mom. Which was awesome for my mom. And they were both like this. Like, they were even Steven. Super cool. Like, what happens, happens. We just want the girls to have fun. We took it a lot more serious. But the other mothers were great. Like, my mom would be like, I'm embarrassed. So, like, watching Dance Moms, I'm like... But you know what, Teresa? You didn't become a Maddie Ziegler. And it's because your mom did not do enough for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. Like, if you guys want... If you, anybody who's listening to this has watched Dance Moms, Maddie Ziegler has gone on to be... She's, like, in all of the Sia videos. She's in that movie, Music. We'll get she's to that. West Side Story. We should show. talk about we'll music. We'll get to that in a second. Shortly. We're going to talk about that in a second. She's in the new West Side Story. I think she's playing... Roger, clarify for me. Is she playing one of the Jet Girls, the head Jet Girl? Like she is. She's playing. Um, I can't remember. Wanda. I don't Wanda. Remember. Yeah, their is name. Is that the name? It's something like that. Nobody remembers the Jet Girls. It sounds horrible. They do cool. They dance cool, and they're at dance at the gym. But let's face it, you're only really thinking about those Jets girls. Um, I mean the Sharks girls. But she was also in. Um, she also has her. She has her own line of athleisure. Through um, Maddie Ziegler, she does. What? Why would I want that? Why does she have so many? Well, it's more like why wouldn't one want? It's workout wear. It's the same, but it's not their own line. She just has. It's the it's, and I forget the brand. It's the same brand that um, Kate Hudson has. It's like it looks like street clothes, but it's great to dance in. Yes, Kate Hudson. (laughs) She was in music. Acting opposite, correct? correct. Well, that, so it's this a, all makes sense. It's now. a cheaper version of Lululemon stuff, to be honest. And I've had it before, and it's actually really good quality. Okay. And I feel bad because I can't remember the name of it right now. Roger, look, look up, look up, uh, Kate Hudson yoga mm. wear, um, <laughs> and it's actually it's actually pretty good. But see, uh, there's a lot on the on YouTube and the internet and the world out there about the relationship between Sia and Maddie Ziegler being Ziegler at this time is like 19 and it being a little off, little off, like a little bit too much. But she did put her in the music movie. Is it music? Yes. Music. Be- and just to state, it's called Fabletics. Fabletics. The the athleisure line is Fabletics. It's actually really good and it's actually very affordable. Um, but do I think Maddie Ziegler is at a level that she deserved her own everything collaboration? No, her own four music <laughs> videos and no, I don't think she deserves all of that. But um, I refused to watch the movie music. But it sounds like you watched it. Well, before we even get to that, let me just <laughs> state that one of the reasons I don't like this Maddie Ziegler is from the show. <laughs> Dance moms, this girl just seems so um, entitled entitled and somewhat pretentious towards the other girls where she acts like she's better than them. And I don't see how Sia could have watched Dance Moms, which we all know that Sia did, (laughs) and come out thinking, hey, this should be the star of all my music videos. (laughs) I don't understand it 
Because from what I, from my perspective, as just an average Joe, she's kind of a jerk. Well, like, let's be real, though. When she's you look been at indulged. But well, hold on. In- she's 19 now, and she could be a delightful person. So let me just uh, you asterisk. Don't listen. You don't have to filter here, Gustavo. <laughs> yeah, there's no filtering. There's no filter. Um, I think one of the things, when you look at, like, from a, from the music video aspect of what Sia does with her stylization, uh, the choreography that she uses, it's not, it's not really, um... What I'm trying to think. I mean, you're you're a dancer, Teresa, so maybe you can word this better for me. But like, it's it's not like she's really looking for somebody who is a skilled. No, she is. Here's the thing, no, though. Here's, she is a skilled dancer. That, that I will say this about. I will say this about that choreography. In that, um, you want to you want an actor first. Yeah. You want an interpreter of movement. Yes. Um, my big thing with it is, and I think I think actually Maddie Ziegler does a fine job in the video, but it has videos has a lot to do with her face though, mm-hmm. and not the modern dancing she's doing. Exactly the the fact that Sia did not go and find a, I'm not saying that Maddie can't do modern dance, but she is not first and foremost a modern dancer. There are modern. My problem is I'm like there are modern dancers out there. That I would have given this job to. And I'm talking like young modern. Like if the idea was like a younger, a person who looked younger, it's very easy mm-hmm. to find that. And it shattered that, a few dreams. Right. For sure. Yeah, because I'm like, you yeah. really could have utilized people from s- different small modern dance companies, people who have truly studied this. Um, and. Maddie is acting and she's doing all of that, but I think it's a little bit like I can, and from what I've learned about Sia and their relationship, it's more along the line of, more along the line of, I can mold this more than someone who is, because she's not a trained modern dancer. She's a trained dancer of all, all different sorts, but mostly. Wasn't that a hip hop studio? It's a no. It's it's a competition studio, which means they have, which means they have ballet training, and this is really like ballet coaching. This is not, this is not the same as going to a ballet school. This is a technique ballet technique class. So you can put it in a little bit. Which you put you have that a couple days a week. Yep. Because you need that basis, which is very important. But you're not doing it to study. If you go to a ballet school, you are studying ballet. It is a very different. It's and it's not at the end of the day to go and perform in a competition. It's for the art of it. This is almost more like a sport. Competitive mm-hmm. dance is a sport. It's kind of like competitive ballroom. The artistic aspects of it go to the second and everything else goes to the top, if that makes sense. It does. So um So what you're basically telling me is so you think you can dance is basically the NFL of dance. You mean the show So You Think You Can Dance? Yeah. I think So You Think I don't... It's like the NFL of dance. You're, you're the cream of the crop. Every city should have a team of dancers. I think So You Think You Can Dance if you... if Especially if you ever want to watch some... Or Dancing with the Stars. Well, Dancing with the Stars. But there's stars involved with that one, so yeah, a little I mean, bit cloudy. I mean, it's awesome to watch the actual ballroom dancers, but So You Think You Can Dance is amazing, especially if you watched it those first couple seasons before it got really popular... You were just seeing people that, and they were really from all different backgrounds that were just, 
amazing dancers from a whole bunch of different genres, you know, and it's, it was, and I actually saw a live performance of them a few years ago with my friend Christy and I mean, just truly remarkable. And most of them, most of them, you want to see those early seasons because they didn't have representation. It's kind of like American Idol now. This is my biggest issue. And it wasn't like this the first couple seasons. I won't watch it now. But like when you had your Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson didn't have representation. She was never on a major tour. She by was the, a waitress. Yeah. No, she worked at a movie theater. But by the time... By the time they got to the season with Adam Lambert, and don't get me wrong, like, he's amazing. He was on a, I don't know if it was an equity tour, but he was on a national tour of Wicked, the musical, which means you have had professional experience. You were like, so to have a guy like him competing with, like, Sally Mae from Podunk, Iowa, is like, what What are we doing here? Like, where are the, I'm like... Where are the parameters? So dancing. There's no rules. It's you know. But like the so you think you can dance with it's the same trajectory. You know what yep. I mean? Very much like those early seasons. You saw people that were like coming kind of from all places, but they really weren't like in companies and they weren't in they weren't on Broadway yet or anything like that. And then it obviously the talent gets crazier and crazier each year, and. I think the parameters like open up a little bit like, well, they are represented or they've done this. And you started seeing people that were like, oh, well, I was an Alvin Ailey. And I was like, well, why you can't be on here if you were an Alvin Ailey. That's a professional dance company. But you should be able to be. I don't see. I don't think they should be able to see. Be. I think. I think that show needs to just be essentially be the NFL just, of just the a, dancing sport. So you sport. think no matter think, what, it should be professional dancers competing? Yes, and I think that we Four should teams. get representation from every major city in the U.S. You're, and really pit these cities up next to each other for the best dancer, and the winner wins some sort of cup type trophy that they can bring back to their city so this is for wait which show there's so many shows <laughs> this is for so you think you can dance we're not even talking because so it's more of a battle i want it it's to be a, a battle it's a dance battle yeah well i'm going back to jojo siwa but i want it done i want it done in the stadiums locally at different cities then you know what you need to do gustavo is you need to pitch a new tv show idea because this is no <laughs> way to, to, you don't this is you know what so you think you could dance has its own thing going on they're fine so they don't need is, to reformat it this is dance master this, this is called da- dance master blood sport <laughs> and this this show is you pitch it to a network i'm sure they'll buy it the losers are we've already got world of dance we've got all of them so i'm sure they can use one more dance-based show only this one is more a little more violent Oh, like, you mean someone dies at the end? Or at least breaks a leg. This is dance fighting. This, this is, is like, it's a mix is. of America's... It becomes in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. I just, there's so much blood on the stage. It's like, there's going to be blood on the stage. And, and there's going to be blood. And the perfect segue, it's hosted by Jojo Siwa. That's, oh, that's, that, my, that's my pitch. That's sweet cherub. So she, what I'm saying again is... I have not been watching the show, but what I do is the day after I go on YouTube and I watch all of her clips. Yeah. I watch her clip. First off, it's completely, again, this show is so long in the teeth now. So many seasons. The first couple seasons, it was great because they were not. They really were the first couple seasons picking people. Not known for dancing. Not known for dancing. And now you got like. 
are the you listen and and as someone who has i've done ballroom dance before um it is a completely different animal than anything else so it, even if you're trained as a dancer you have to learn a lot of different aspects of it but let me tell you i have a huge advantage going into a ballroom situation than unfortunately gustavo you do you don't because know how I dance. I don't know. I don't know how you... You're right. You might be... Roger's seen it. Is it that good, Roger? I mean, he is Brazilian, so his hips... I know. Those hips, hips so don't lie. <laughs> as we've learned before. God love, God I mean, love a I'm, Brazilian. I'm Brazilian, not Colombian, so my hips do lie. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> it's close enough. I'm so mad. Hips don't lie. Yeah. Okay. So, I will say that um, even though it's bullshit, because it's like you have a huge... First off, she has a huge built-in audience with former dance mom stands. She was so... on Of the season she was on Dance Mom, she was by far one of the kindest and sweetest of kids. Not like a Maddie Ziegler, which we have both established, is a definite cunt. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe now she's evolved. Let's just be honest. Maddie Ziegler is a full-on <laughs> cunt. I'm hopeful, though, Maddie. Even if at you're 10. listening, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm hopeful you've evolved. We've, we're all assholes as a kid. Gustavo is always the the ray of light in this conversation. But let me bring the thunder. She's a fucking cunt, <laughs> and music was offensive. <laughs> The movie music, music which was, we'll be touching on. But. Yeah, we're going to be touching on. But what I will say that the last thing that I watched of JoJo, so also what is controversial in a great so, way. Can you tell us a little bit about this JoJo Siwa show? So the JoJo, I know nothing about what we're looking at on the oh. screen here. This Nickelodeon Dream the Tour. That literally <laughs> just happens to be an ad that's coming up. It's no relation. <laughs> this is an ad coming up on the computer. I thought that was your cue of No, 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 no. I'm talking about her on Dancing with the Stars. So her on Dancing with the Stars is the first time they've done this, but she has... Um, she has a fame. She has a female partner. Oh, so she has a same sex partner, which it's kind of about time that um, ballroom community has slowly been introducing this category into it to have um, same- way too slow for the ballroom community. <laughs> Let's be honest, so gay, <laughs> right? Which is these same gendered couples, which is fabulous. Because she also has a big, um, the partner that she has who is a professional barroom dancer, her name is Jenna, I forget her last name, I apologize, but she's won that damn mirror ball a few times. And they're... God, I want that mirror ball. And they're fantastic together because there is a different type of symmetry and chemistry with two female dancers Mm -hmm. that... I mean, and they're doing lifts. I bet it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. They're doing lifts and they're having fun and it's still sexy. And it's like none of those elements, they're not shying away from any of like the sexy um, elements at all. But they're really doing a lot of acrobatics, a lot of difficult moves. And the last one I watched, this was disturbing. I will put this on the um, website. Um, JoJo, it must have been a Halloween week. Um, and she was dressed up as Pennywise. Oh, yeah. So if anybody knows about JoJo, she's, it's, got, she's got a very large forehead. Don't we all? Oh, I, mean, I do. You have a large forehead, as does Tyra Banks, who hosts the show. 
So there's a lot of foreheads going around. Now, my, my philosophy and kind of the interwebs believe that Jojo Siwa's forehead is so large because she's had that ponytail um, tied back. <laughs> like a Rihanna. I mean, like, she's had a tight pony. Very tight. A tight side pony in that hair since she's been about nine years old. And let me tell you, this is not, there is a real thing with this. So ballet dancers go through this as well. Years and years of having your hair pulled back off of your head in such a tight manner. Um, you're already, the front part of your hair is going to thin. It just thins naturally. It does, like, in, just, like, it does root damage like you would not believe. Like, you, like, literally you got to start putting the propitia on if you're going to do that as a ballet dancer. But I knew, I growing up, I knew ballet dancers that... Like, and you would hear it from the ballet mistress every now and again of like, I know you guys are dancing five days a week. You got to give your hair a rest. And quick, quick, uh, quick caution to those listening. If you happen to be female and get pregnant and are exposed to Propecia, it may cause birth defects. So please be careful out there. Is that true? It is true. Do they tell you that? It is, yep. Well, my father told me that. Oh, your father is a doctor. This is coming from the medical community, everybody. There's also, but there's also hers out there that J-Lo is shilling a lot. Oh, she loves that hers. That H-E-R-S. I have no idea if that, I'm sure there's a fucked up side effect with that too. And I'm also pretty positive J-Lo has lots of mini weaves rolled into her hair at this point and that half the time we that's never her hair that we're it's saying it's half hair it's half her hair i mean it's real hair it's it's, it's half somebody it's else's someone else's. It's, it's some beautiful woman from india's hair real hair yeah um that has been untouched which yeah. what is it about the indian people that they grow such beautiful hair i don't know but they grow beautiful men and women and it's, it's very and it's very porous that's another thing so not only is it thick it's it's very dark in pigment, but it's very porous, so they're able to go in after they procure the hair. They harvest. Harvest the hair, and then they're able to <laughs> turn it every color and actually dye it because of the porosity of it. This Maybe is, because it's so porous God, is why this is it's so lush. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to hear from a doctor. Of any doctors? Of hair. There's so many doctors of hair. Doctor, it's kind of like Dolly Parton is the doc, a doctor of the heart. Yeah. Oh. We're doctors of hair. Oh. Are, you, are we talking, are we talking I mean, I don't, talk? I don't are we claim. Are straight talk and straight talk? We're talking straight talk and straight talk. Yeah. I don't claim to be a doctor of anything. <laughs> but Gustavo does not shy away from giving medical advice. But I will <laughs> say, if you are exposing yourself to Propecia and happen to be pregnant, maybe rethink that. Well, thank God, everyone now is aware. Jojo, please take care of that. Well, that Jojo, hairline. Jojo and her girlfriend, which I was very proud of her. She came out this last year. Um, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Jojo's gay, and she got some slack for it. Not by gay, full gay. I feel like I don't think she's identifying as queer. I don't think she's identifying. I think she's identifying as. I thought she was identifying as gay. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's keeping it. Has open. Jojo had a boyfriend that we know of? No, okay. and she's no. already. She's like seventeen. She's not like twelve. Yeah. Like she's. I mean, she. I thought she was older than seventeen. She's maybe even. Yeah, she I mean, maybe is. She's, like still, she's old enough to know herself at this. She's point. still early on enough that she may change. Well, a few times in okay. life. Okay. 
late bloomer. I understand what you're saying, but right now I'm excited for her and her journey. And I think that it's Congrats. it's really good for her as, to be... There's a lot of young girls that look up to, up to her and her journey. And I think for them to have a figure, um, a role model uh, in that age range to basically be like, I'm comfortable with myself. And not only that, but she's like, guess what I can be? Like... A pop star. Whatever I want. I'm like... A... I don't need to be able to sing. I can be a pop star. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like this fun Lisa Frank wearing, bow wearing, dancing big girl, big foreheaded gal who also loves other gals. <laughs> We're talking Betty Who's size forehead? I mean, have you seen... Like, I li- listen, I'm fine with JoJo Siwa. I don't hate her. But God, he could land a uh, fucking helicopter on it. It's because that hair's been pulled back too long. No, it's too much. She needs well, and here's and what upsets for, me. And then for them to say that's we're going to turn you into Pennywise. During that's this offensive. Or... That's offensive. <laughs> She's had a few hairstyles that are not her usual hairstyles on this season of Dancing with the Stars. That I'm like, God, that does her so many, so much more favor. Bangs. Like remember, yeah, remember when <laughs> Rihanna went through that heavy bang phase, and it was you need uh, bangs. It was. Yeah, I mean, like it was a different. It. it, it it worked for her. But then she, all of a sudden, there was a time where she just had nothing. And it was a lot of forehead. And I think she realized she can't do a central part. Rihanna cannot do a central part. <laughs> Most people, many people can't. One thing no. I know about Rihanna. She cannot do a central part. She cannot do you a wouldn't central. be able to do a central part, Gustavo. No, I could not. No. For more than one reason. <laughs> I have a widow's peak. I've tried and it's a nightmare. Um, but I, I, I also think it's worth acknowledging that she's, I think this is the first season that one performer has had two separate, uh, perfect across the board performances with JoJo Yes, Siwa. well, she's a dancer, she again. She's an amazing trained dancer. I'm, I'm very... She has no business on that show. I'm very torn with this. Again, I, I can't watch the show because it's so stacked with, like, I mean, the year that they had... And my parents were still watching it because they would talk to me on a weekly basis about it. It was a great bonding moment because they were very addicted to it. But Alfonso Ribeiro was on that year and my dad was like, he was like, I know I shouldn't root for him because uh, he, he, your mom told me he was the tap dance kid that we, because Alfonso Ribeiro's beginning. Was he actually known as the tap dance kid? He was in a Broadway musical called The Tap Dance Kid. He... His his background is dance. Yeah. People don't know that. Like, And I mean, he was on Broadway when he was 11 years old yeah. with Broadway veterans. After that, he was in the Michael Jackson Pepsi video playing a miniature Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. And Michael Jackson picked him specifically. Like, if Michael Jackson is picking you specifically to be a mini version of him who can dance well. You can dance. And this is before all the pedo charges. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, I'm getting, more than one reason I'm Michael getting, Jackson's going to pick you. I'm getting a look from Gustavo, and I, I need to um, say this. This is early 80s as opposed to early 90s. There we was got, a lot of evolution that happened in that time. This is before Michael Jackson's hair got caught on fire in the Pepsi commercial. Oh, remember mm. when that happened? Yeah. yeah. And the drugs, and then the pedo started. Yeah. Um, yep, I said it. Come after me. Come after me. Just come. We're only spitting It's documented. I can, listen, watch watch Escaping Neverland and watch it. 
Just watch it. And, and, Segwaying. And, Let's bring and, it back to a lighter mood. Yeah, and tell me if you don't need a fucking Silkwood bath after watching it, because I literally wanted to burn my skin off after watching but it. But do you want to listen to his music afterwards while when, you were soaking? No. I, <laughs> no, but my problem is, if I am somebody, somewhere, though, and I, 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 I'm going to get shit for this, if I am somewhere and... Want to be starting something comes on. You bet my your You're fucking leaving. ass on. No, I'm dancing. Mama say, Mama say, Mama And a lot of it has to do with the fact that first off, it's a perfect song. You're a child of the '80s. I'm a child of the '80s. Yep. Stephanie Morrison Herbeck, our spiritual leader in um, the Near West Side, spiritual theater leader. Um, she would do warm ups always to that when she was still. Um, the, you know, the executive director at Near West Theater, she would do warm-ups to Michael Jackson. So I think there is a affection in that way. I know all the other shit. Anyways, let's move land past this. Plane. Let's let's land this plane. Let's bring it back. This pl- land this plane. Um, Rihanna's head's coming over. Rihanna's head. Okay. So. I think that we, I just gotta say, I think a real interesting, if we want to keep it fresh with Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> um, I think they should force Tyra Banks in a, a to dance? in a death round, they all of a sudden without expectation she's thrown in and it has to dance with no preparation. <laughs> I want to see that. Can, can Tyler Banks dance? You're now a, you're now being pulled as the host. Yeah, and you are competing. You're competing out of the, yeah. I think Tyra Banks can dance. Prove it with rehearsal. Don't forget that Tyra Banks at one time had a album she did um do you remember it mm, i don't remember how it went but i remember <laughs> how it was present in the world no um, one remembers how it went no one no remembers i'm gonna <laughs> don't worry i'll dig it up and i'll put it on the website um she looks beautiful in it though it was at the height of the popularity of another america's next top model because i remember how tacky it was that she has this competition for these models and they she i, I really do think that she had a challenge around like a music video challenge in which she was starring in a music video. And I'm like, so this is really free talent for you to be surrounded oh, by. Oh, this happened at the same time. Correct. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like you didn't make the show, but we'd like you to be a backup dancer <laughs> on my video. By the way, the name of the song was Shake Your Body. Shake Your Body. So I, I'm sure she, um, I'm sure she danced a little bit, but I don't think think in Tyra's contract at this point because she's such a she's robotic let's be honest when, when well, you she see ha- her but she has to be robotic yes because we saw what happened when you don't have a net around her and it's called the Tyra Banks show and it's called America's Next Top Model where she berates and abuses and screams at these impressionable young women and then continues to put pe- people also in blackface and in Native American face, and in Asian face. Because let me tell you, Tyra Banks did that. It is very disturbing to go back and watch episodes of that show, which I love. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I I will eat that up like porridge. But it's amazing what 10 years does. Because you look back and I'm like, she is putting... That she beautiful is, white woman. She is turning that white woman into it, an African American woman. She is wearing African like <laughs> those uh, the metal. Um, She's, oh she did that too, like um, the metal rings. Yeah, the, the, yeah, more I tribal. That. The tribal rings. There was uh, a whole a, a whole episode devoted to them looking like different cultures, wasn't there? They did multiple 
whole seasons yeah. of that. Yeah. They never, like, there was a, no it, one that said. It probably was, like, a, just a big hit at the time. You know, you. I feel well, like I we can't beautiful. look. I remember it as a too, kid. Oh, too I much it. into the past and judge it for the the ethics that we hold today. Yeah. We we can't. And honestly, and and I will say it is. It seems shocking now to watch it. I am. But shocked. we needed it to get to where we are today. I am shocked. I am shocked anytime people are, are trying to transform people into using any type of different color face. It's it's a weird thing to me. It's odd. Um, and I can't imagine how that feels if you're a person of color watching this then or now it seems like you're trivializing my culture and you're turning it into an ornament so that's why that kind of bothers me but what i find interesting is i guarantee you if you saw america's next top model so say this was 2007 and then you got a copy of cosmopolitan vogue um l and you opened it up you would see Similar. A, you would see a similar spread, a similar editorial spread that institutes many of those things. So she wasn't. We can sit here and we can talk shit about Tyra. She's we, not. She's not so fucking brilliant that she was coming up with these ideas. These ideas were coming yeah. from other creative people. But I also think that we, if you were to go, it, it's more than just looking back and not having the framing of the world and what was happening in the world at the time. If you actually like place yourself back at that time, it could very well have been, let's have a conversation on why beauty is portrayed in only one way and how does it mix, right? So from from our now like, hey, white face or black face is super racist to back then where she was kind of doing reverse black face, right? She was. And and I I do, I'm sure the... I'm sure the, and I, I have to go back and watch, but I'm sure the dialogue was something around like multiculturalism and things of that nature. Yeah. And I guess we can't. Promoting like, beauty in all, in all. I mean, she believe me, she did many more abusive things on there, putting people in what I would call dangerous and triggering situations that was, I feel worse than we like. We got the ratings. Yeah. She's she, like Abby. She's basically Abby. <laughs> Oh full, I mean, full circle dance moms. Ex- although she's Abby. not, in a, she's not in a jazzy. Yeah. Moving no. up, jazzy moving to around. To get her out of jail two months get, earlier. Yeah, to get to avoid people. <laughs> um, speaking of cultural appropriation and black fishing, though, I I, I got to segue this topic oh, yes. briefly just because Teresa, we have not really gotten a chance to talk about it, and it's a hot topic right now. Oh, Speaking about people who abuse cultures, Ariana, Ariana Grande <laughs> just got cast. In the movie, my, my little Italian who, queen, who is that? Who tries to be anything but Italian? Uh, but she was just recently cast in uh, the movie musical Wicked. You might as well just go ahead and call her Tilly because she is quite the black fish. Was that the name of the whale in the movie? It that? was the name of the documentary, Blackfish. Yeah. So yeah. if yeah. you look at, um, if you got that, you're welcome. If you look at a very young Ariana Grande, and why we're talking about this, if you look at a very young Ariana Grande, who was, she really first jumped on the scene. She was in the musical um, 13 on Broadway, just to let you guys know. She has some Broadway chops. Mm-hmm. But after that, she was she became the Nickelodeon kid, and she was in, I believe, Victorious. Mm-hmm. And there was another show that I don't know because I am in my 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's another show. And if you look at her... When I say look at her, she is an Italian-American queen, such as myself. But she's, you know, 
She's not a, what I would call, an, she's not an olive-skinned Italian-American queen. Skin of porcelain. She is a pretty white-looking girl. And so something happened between her Nickelodeon days and that first album in which her gay older brother, maybe Frankie Grande, who was very, who's also very tan, was like, sis, let's tan up. We're going to shellac you like mahogany. And she's so dark now. Even um, if you guys ever watched the Pete Davidson stand-up on, on on Netflix, which is actually pretty fucking funny. Um, I was surprised I liked it so much, but he it came out after the engagement broke up, and he um, he brings up the fact that she kind of got vocal about, like, essentially his big old dick. And instead of him, like, I think he was honestly still kind of hurt from the breakup. And he's like, I, you know, if she wants to talk about that, like, whatever. I think it felt like he probably felt like she was trivializing their relationship. And he's like, but, like, I'm not going out and painting myself a mahogany every night. Mm-hmm. I mean, cracking on the fact that, like, like, the level of deep tanning, which I'm sure it's, I'm sure at this level it's a big old spray shellac. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's be yeah. honest, they're all doing it. I mean, it's a Kardashian well, thing. Oh, it's... well, well, the Kardashians at least, at least they're all of, here's the thing. There's a, di- a little bit of a difference. Because of the Armenian in them, there is an olive base. You got a little bit of so a dark. So if you have an olive base, you can tan it. <laughs> you can tan it. But if there's no, no olive no, base. No, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm saying even if you look back at early Kardashians, they're still a little darker. Like they're natural. Mm. Yes. Are they bronzer now? Fuck yes. Yeah. Because first off, I hate to say this. It is black fishing at a certain level. But all white girls know everybody looks better with a tan. Everybody looks thinner with a tan. Everyone looks whiter. Your teeth are wider. You're more contoured with a tan. Everything looks better on a woman. And I hate... Listen, my pale, pasty queens out there, I'm not putting you down. I'm not. But I am a queen of... I'm the queen of the tanning. Roger knows. Roger knows my problem. Oh, God. I've seen her evolve into Jennifer But I'm also not going to leave behind the, like, alabaster white. It's like one or the other, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I, you look at you look at Britney Spears. Britney Spears isn't was never going on stage, looking like she had been, you know, without a suntan. This is true. She has always been bronze. Yeah, you're correct. She's always fucking been bronze. That is not her natural skin tone. Why? Because she looks better in costumes with that. So there is, to me, there's a big Damn. difference between I'm black fishing and... I'm just tanning because I look better tan. I'm vain or... <laughs> I, I wish I had melanin. I, I don't want people to think I'm another ethnicity. I want people to think I'm, I'm alive. I'm wearing pretty. a hot pink bodysuit right now. And there ain't no fucking way I'm wearing this without self-tanner. And I am, I am the first. I have, I am a little bit blessed because I have a little bit of olive undertones, but I shall lack myself up and get to three deeper levels if I'm wearing anything to show skin. We like use paint swatches to find her <laughs> shade. It's. I got so tan one year. 
so tan for a wedding that was in February. It was so fucking cold at this wedding. And we also had white capes, Cheryl Rainey. I'm talking about your goddamn wedding. And I was a bridesmaid. I went so deep into tan that when they put that white cape on me and I smiled, the teeth looked like they were glowing. It was like Veronica in the Bible when she wiped Jesus's face <laughs> and it left the imprint of his face forever. I re- that yes. much tanning residue came off. It, 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 her entire imprint. And it was all from a bed, by the way. This wasn't even the last day. Oh my God. So your skin, you're just baking like a loaf of bread. Like a loaf of bread. And I did it for, th- I swear to God, three months. And then the last week I shellacked on another layer of self-tanner. And I did not realize how pale everyone else in the wedding party was. So did I stand out like a sore thumb? You sure did. I went through that. <laughs> I went through that year where I was really addicted to self tanner, and it was while I was doing a production of Oklahoma. If we're going to talk about black fishing, and I um I was playing Ali Hakim, who I and I am a Russian Irish man with a Scottish in me. I am not really. I shouldn't be playing anybody who's. Of any, of what year was this? Let's this give some context. This is 2007. <laughs> the same year of Tyra Banks releasing Shake Your Body. And, and you were in a teenage production. I was in a teenage production of Oklahoma playing Ali Hakim. <laughs> and um, I, so I was like, well, I need to be darker. So you I was, did what I was, everyone would do. I was shellacking myself with this this self-tanner. But it was a, like I was a child. <laughs> I procured it myself. And it would run Over the off. Counter. And so I was wearing a three-piece wool suit in an in an in an non-air conditioned theater, and it was just dripping off. Orange was just dripping off of my body. Oh my the shirt was dyed orange. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. Oh my god! I look back to those moments in pain. Well, that, I mean, we're off topic. We're talking about wicked, but well, we've been deep into tanning. Let me go ahead and just weigh in on this topic because being Brazilian. Yes. And you the, have no concerns being I'm Brazilian. I'm the white version of a Brazilian. Explain. Oh, and I understand this because Saulo, if you're listening to this, Saulo Kuto, my sweet angel, um, Saulo is from Sao Paulo mm-hmm. originally, and he is extreme. He's dark throughout the year. Even when he was living here in Cleveland, I he was still it was still ridiculous. And then he went back to Brazil, and I was like, my God. Then they got real dark. I was he's like, no, this is my true color, Teresa. Yeah. So, and I was like, wow. And that was just like the different parts of, because which areas of Brazil are your so family from? My family's from Rio and we have a, a lot of shades of darkness, yes. right? And so I have a brother. He's roughly the same age as I am. And he is very dark. Yes. He's probably three shades darker than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, biologically, 100% my brother completely different skin tone color that's fascinating however yeah if i jump in the sun all of a sudden our skin tones start to like match because yeah. he doesn't get much darker but i go way up gotcha so i can actually control my skin tone color by just getting in the sun kind of like a volume yep. area yes. yes so yes we're gonna go right back to what you were first talking about yes breaking news in the last three days ariana grande and um, the, by the way, the Wicked musical, Roger and I will be going to see it in Cleveland um, in December. Um, this has been in the works for a cinematic version, a movie version of this. Probably, it's been they've years. been they've been wanting to do this since the musical made its first 
crazy amount of money. If yeah. Reese Witherspoon's not in it, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I will listen. I won't. If Reese, okay. if we, if Reese Witherspoon could sing it, Glinda, she would be in it. Yeah, because she is Reese Witherspoon as an actor. The look and the well, and as an actor, she's the perfect Glinda. But the vocal chops you need yeah. for if you um, the, not in a movie. You just fix that. Oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck See, yourself. Us theater people don't want we that. We don't want though. that. You don't want to hear that. No, we don't want to hear but that. But that's the honest truth. The honest truth is they can dub anyone in back in the day. Even if you look at if you look at one of the most famous musicals that was made for movies, West which is Story. West Side Story, you have you have two two to three lead actors that are dubbed. And I'm going to tell and, how it is. I could be Glenda in that Wicked movie, and I would sound fantastic. Yes, because you'd be dubbed. <laughs> you'd be dubbed. But we're we're they're trying to make it to be legit on this, and um, obviously the role that most people know, Galinda was played by not Galinda, but Galinda was played by the sweet. Tiny and powerful Kristen Chenoweth. Very wee. Um, which I believe, isn't Chenoweth a mezzo-soprano? Like, she's, her range is... Insane. And not only that, I mean, her voice is great, but, like, the the characterization, she defined it. Her voice, her speaking voice, as out from, from her singing vocals, she just has a sound to her that, like, very much lends to what this character has become. Agreed. Every other, I think, iteration of this character has been completely inspired Inspired by, by her. her. And yeah. Which happens on Broadway. Like, I think it's very difficult to... I And I think that there's been amazing other Broadway Galindas that have come after her, but they're definitely influenced by Chenoweth. You know, that's the beauty of originating a role. And then the originator, it really was Stephanie J. Block, by the way, but they didn't think her name was big enough. Stephanie J. Block would go on to play Cher in the Cher musical and win an win a Tony a couple years ago. But um, that's why I saw her my first time. I saw Wicked. Amazing. She's the originator, really, of the role. But it ended up going to Adina Menzel. People most know her from Frozen, being the voice in Frozen. Um, she's also in like Tangled, um, and. It is an acrobatically vocal role as Alphaba, who is also known as the Wicked Wet, Wicked Wet, Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. Good God. So um, they're doing the movie treatment of this. Very similar to them doing the movie treatment of West Side Story that's coming out at Christmas um, in the Heights. This is also going to be directed by John M. Chu, who directed In the Heights, which I loved. Roger and I both loved that, and um, I liked it. I it got some criticism for not having enough um, different Afro Cubano um, characters in it, and um, like Afro Latino characters in it, which I understand, but I still enjoyed it. Um, regardless, this has been in the works for this this movie has been in the works for a while, and I think it's. I'm anxious about it because when you see the musical and Roger and I will be seeing it soon and be reminded because we've both seen it, you really, there's something about the theatrical version of it that really does take you on a, it's the only thing that theater can do. Like you can suspend your disbelief and it doesn't need to be, there's amazing like tricks of theater that is in there. So 
Um, the casting is Ariana Grande as the Galinda character. So we'll see if she's as tan. I don't think she's going to be able to be as tan. No, Galinda, like, traditionally is very <laughs> is very bitsy and blonde. Fair and blonde. I have a feeling that she'll still be tan. Um, she'll be just like... <laughs> a little less tan. Hawaiian tropic um, with the blonde. And then we have Cynthia Erivo, who is about... 10 years older than um, some people are having some issues with this. I'm like, she's going to be green, y'all. Then um, they're going to DH her a bit. And that, like, if if she was not green, I would be more concerned. But, but she's because green. Because we've all seen what uh, Evan Hansen and how how that worked yeah. really well for him. But because of the, the makeup, the green makeup, uh, yeah, it's going to be easier. It's going to be very different. And it's a very different type of setting and a very different type of story that is in an is otherworldly. Yeah. So, so she's... She's playing a witch. Yeah, yeah. She's playing the Wicked Witch of the West, but I think the big thing that people are bringing up is that the story of Wicked begins... They're in boarding school. They're like in high school-esque boarding school. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, that they are both able to be sent away to go to this prestigious school. So, here's the thing. When this was first done on Broadway, again... <laughs> it was done with Adina Menzel, and it was done with um, Kristen Chenoweth. They were both... Chenoweth was well into her... She might have been 40, for fuck's sake. She was right. well into her 30s. Adina Menzel was maybe early 30s, mid-30s. Mm-hmm. But it's such an otherworldly fairy tale situation, too, in yeah. which people have makeup on and crazy costumes... And you don't even think about you don't even think about it. No. So again, film is different. I think it's going to be great. If you guys have ever heard, um, I I highly suggest if you don't know who Cynthia Erivo is to go and listen to the Color Purple soundtrack on Broadway. She's a powerhouse. She's amazing. Yeah, she's she, a powerhouse. Also, one of your buddies. I always call it your buddies. You like her, um, Broadway actress. Um, Shoshana. Her and Shoshana Bean. Oh, God, they're the best of friends. Best of friends. Oh Shoshana Bean God. is, um, who has also been in um, Wicked, in Wicked before. Um, they have a series of different duets on YouTube. Go and check those out. They're really great. They make me like Taylor Swift, and I'm not someone who likes Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, but I think one thing also to acknowledge is, like, this story, and again, why it works on stage, it's more difficult on film. Uh, you know, in cinema, it, this story has a time lapse, and you yes. know, it's it opens in a period of their lives where they are like yeah, in a high school, early college, maybe. Yeah. And then at least last to them, let's say let's say last year of high school. Last year of high school, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um and then it, it, it jumps to them in their older years and you know, the years which you know, when Dorothy comes to Oz, Glinda, at least if you're going by off of movie stand you know, nineteen thirty nine film Glinda was played by someone who was then in their 50s. So there's a time lapse, you know? Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's different ways you can handle that in film. You can cast two different people in the role if you so choose. But obviously they're not intending to do that here. They're going to, you know, play with whether it be, you know, CGI or makeup or whatever Absolutely. they do. And I'm sure, you know, I have confidence in the vision. I thought... In the Heights, you know, all of the, the potential racial issues aside, I thought it was stunning. I thought it was beautiful. As a, as a white man going in and wanting to see something culturally different than what I'm used to, I, my mind was blown. I thought it was a beautiful representation of a culture that I'm not part of. Um, so, 
but I can also understand the viewpoint of people who are, you know, of, of Afro-Latino mm-hmm. uh, background. I get it. I get it. But as a, a piece of cinema, I thought it was stunning. And it was, it was gorgeous. Fine. I think it has an amazing vis- vision for it. So I think it's going to yeah. lend really well to this fantastical world. Um, and I think this casting was bold because I do think that it's rare that Alphaba gets to be portrayed by a woman of color, which is so funny because... Yeah, she's covered in green makeup, but it's so like there's only been a small handful handful of women of color who have played this role. I love that they just went ahead and did it. I think her voice is going to lo- lend amazingly to her beltier numbers because I because uh, Alphaba has some big belty numbers, and th- I think the biggest qualm people have is that Ariana is not going to have the vocal chops for this role. But people, calm the fuck down. She has Broadway background. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I I mean, look back at uh. Go watch Hairspray, oh, where she played it. Penny. And she did not play Ariana Grande playing Penny. No. She played a throaty, hilarious, like, Penny. It was great. It was exactly the Penny that you wanted, I thought. Yeah. I thought she was great. I don't understand the criticism. Here's the thing. It's a movie. you got to pull in certain names. You're going to have to pull in. You're going to have to bring in... Some names that are, like, from the pop world, yeah. from the movie world. Yeah, they did the best of both worlds. They gave us a really amazing Broadway figurehead, and they gave us, a, a, a like, a landmark of pop. And they're giving us a little bit of both of those worlds, and they're coming together, and she's going to look amazing in that ta- those taffeta gowns. Oh like, my just God. like, come on now. Like, give it a chance. Wait till there's a damn trailer. Wait till there's a vocal snippet. But... She's going to be fine. I think everybody is still traumatized from cats. Yeah. And I get that, guys. Understandable, yeah. I get that. And there's a lot of... Uh, since cats, we've had in the Heights, which I thought proved that we are still okay. Yeah. And, um, and John Chu is directing this. And we have Steven Spielberg's West Side Story coming up. And I think it's going to save it. I think that will definitely save it. It will cushion it for us to get ready for Wicked, which is good. I am not time Courtney has ever gotten this much attention. No one has ever paid her this much attention. She started that stupid health line, like, um, lifestyle blog, Poosh. By the way, the worst fucking name I've ever heard for anything. Poosh, which is a complete ripoff of Goop. Yeah, She's, absolutely. That was exactly what I was thinking. It's all like... You mean ne- Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop? Yeah, it's all like <laughs> neo-pretend-science detox teas and vagina egg shit it's bullshit jade vagina eggs stuffing them up your vagina vagine and then i guess hoping for the best i, I guess you're hoping it, it comes, comes out, out. Now, right? <laughs> i would i i would sit there listen i'm not trying it to be does, graphic but when we stick things up our vaginas we always want them to come back, to out. Come back out so i say this in like this is something that uh, males don't have to deal with, but it's a real thing. Jade vagina eggs, in which Gwyneth Potter pushed all but two years ago. I was like, how do I get, what if that vagina egg goes traveling up? Too far. Too far. A doctor's worst nightmare. I bet they saw an influx of women with, in Southern California with, with vagina, vagina eggs, eggs. <laughs> five hundred to a thousand dollar vagina <laughs> eggs stuffed up their vaginas, and they're like, and that's the payment for getting it out. And they're like, you um, keep the egg. Why um, did you do this, ma'am? Well, Gwyneth Paltrow told me 
that I should stick this up my vagina. And then they said, listen, um, this is a jade. It's like a jade gold rush for doctors in, in there's South no California. Way, there's no way to get her out. Mm. Like, you got to have, like, a handle. Well, I didn't or, think what if Paltrow have, like, um, a settlement because of, like, basically she was claiming that there were health perks benefits to these jade vagina eggs but it's all but they're not real but it's 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 all holistic right it's all holistic holistic and a lot of it is unproved science so yeah Yeah. you can always find a study of people that said i us 20 people stuffed 20 different jade vagina (laughs) eggs into our vaginas vaginas, and i swear to god my depression was lowered and then you could have another group of 20 people that said I don't know. It just got stuck in there. It just got <laughs> stuck in there. And I, it was very embarrassing going to the doctor. I couldn't get it out. And I, my depression actually worsened. It was a rock bottom for me. <laughs> so, so again, I don't understand the Courtney Travis thing. I think your asses are tacky. You're done. Um, one last thing I'll ask you guys. Do you have any desire? Just give me your first thoughts. She's getting great reviews, and I have to ask. You know how I feel about Lady Diana. I love her, and yeah. I'm gonna. We're we gonna talk about Meghan Markle here. We are not talking Meghan Markle. We're no, talking we're about the movie. We're talking Spencer, and we're talking Kristen Stewart, um, portraying Lady Diana in Spencer. And I think no. this is. I I think this is going to be the movie that she's been doing a lot of indie movies for. She's been doing a lot of things besides the Charlie's Angels reboot, which was garbage. She tried. It it wasn't her fault. But since Twilight, she has really gone down a lot of the independent paths. She's done like, um, I think, is it The Hills of St. Marie? She's done a couple things, Personal Shopper, a couple movies that I was like, wow, she's like actually really... You know, oh, this is this is her level, and I always remember too that she was in Panic Room with Jodie Foster, yeah, one of my favorite one of my favorite she's movies. She's a kid in that. She's a kid in it. She's in, mm. she was in a couple other movies as a kid that she was fantastic in. So I do blame it all on the writing and direction of Twilight, but a fantastic movie to just watch on a rainy day. Oh, I will watch all of them, and I don't care the music. It's awful. It's terrible, I, but it's Oh, in, I love those pasty diamond-covered co- vampires. I do. I love them. Jasper, the one that always wants the blood. Oh, God, he's always trembling with anticipation. No, he's from the Civil War. So, but <laughs> but what am I, am I to understand that sh- that Kristen Stewart is to play she, Lady it, Diana? Yeah, it's already she been is. filmed. It's, it's filmed. It's out. Reviews. It's out. And the reviews and the are reviews. actually saying she's phenomenal. Oh. Yeah, they're saying that she's, like, the movie is getting... The movie, it, it's getting relatively good reviews, but mainly because of her. Even reviews that think that it's kind of, because it's it's more of an internal interpretation. Like, I think they take some liberties. And, they, and they're taking, apparently, it is an expanse of one long weekend. So, and I believe it's the same director who did, I don't know if you saw Jackie, um, Jackie with Natalie Portman. So, Jackie with Natalie Portman was really done over the course of its post-JFK's assassination. And it's really this time period in which it's created. This could have happened or couldn't have happened, but in which a journalist is really the after effects. It's been like a year after 
you know, trying to get some insight of how she's feeling, what it's like to be in this state of her life. And some flashbacks. So it sounds very much like this is similar or to like this. A, or like the or the Judy movie recently. Right. Right, where it's 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 capturing a very specific moment. Which I think, I, I like that approach a lot. And I thought, Renee, I thought the Judy movie was very powerful because you had a very specific moment that people don't talk about a lot. It's very intimate. Um... This very like slice of Judy Gar- Garland's life and it's heartbreaking, and I know we have mixed feelings about Zellweger, but she's truly amazing in it. Yeah, because it's also not an impersonation; it's a portrayal. Yeah, and I think that's a big difference. And I think this Kristen Stewart, it's a portrayal. You're yeah. not impersonating. Impersonating is a different thing, and I think it's important for people to get that she does look like her. I will say that she looks like her, but um, I'm anxious to see it. I'm a big. I watched. I've watched The Crown. Um, there's an amazing actress who plays, who has played the early Diana um, in the last season of The Crown called Emma Corrin, and I cannot imagine someone doing better. Anybody doing like, I I thought it was her, like, and, and then I saw her and what she really looked like. This actress. And I'm like, my God, that wig, that blonde princess dye wig does everything. And this was also, this was a huge, huge, huge gay costume this year was different types of Dianas. I don't know if you guys know this. Good, as it should be. Um, In West Hollywood, apparently there was just a parade of different Dianas on Hollywood nights. Um just running around but um i'm interested i don't know if i don't know how people feel i feel like this is a i I feel like we're very saturated with diana stuff so i think that there needs to be nothing after this yeah i'm glad Um, that it's getting good reviews but my initial feedback would be saturation well i would be i would more think there's a few people that you never really want to as an actor or actress, and I'm not play. one, there's some people you just don't want to play because you're going to disappoint the audience. And oh, this of is one of those people where I feel like you really need to be good to make this work. And so if she's getting good reviews, I would say that's that's probably pretty meaningful. Yeah, because there's a lot of room to offend. Her Diana's fan base is so steadfast and diehard. Yeah. And, especially, and her being an American. Yeah. Like, that's another thing, to cast an American girl in this role I think I mean there is a lot of room for offense to be taken unless it's done with respect and true to the individual and I mean obviously I haven't seen it yet but I'm not I don't I think that that we as a culture we are quick to hate on actors or actresses if they have defining roles that portray them in a negative light just like Robert Pattinson like look at this he's playing Batman in this new movie I think he's gonna be fucking amazing I think the trailers look great but instantly, all the fanboy hate. Oh my god, it's so, ridiculous! And like he's an amazing actor, and he's and here's the thing: Robert Pattinson, he's not. He doesn't have to fucking prove himself. He has done so many amazing roles since Twilight. I mean, but still, but but it's still, hard to please um, people on roles where there's a, so a large fan base, right? And it's crazy. Princess Diana had a large and still right. has a large fan base, so. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad to, to see that Kristen Stewart probably pulled this off, and I'd be interested to watch it to see uh, how she did it. And she's a histor- it's a historical figure too. That's why, like, even when 
and people love um, Natalie Portman, but like people went after Natalie Portman and her voice during how her voice was during um, Jackie. And I'm like, it's a portrayal. She doesn't have to impersonate her. It's the essence of her. her. It's her actions. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get the... It's not about impersonation. I mean, literally, we, we see this exact thing. She was thing amazing. Ha- but, like, we see it happening to, um, and I know we aren't talking about Meghan Markle, but mm-hmm. Meghan Markle yeah. is being put up against Princess Diana. Oh, absolutely. You know what? These are totally different people. Like, yeah. these are not the same person. And I feel like if you talk to <laughs> Meghan Markle, it, she could be, and she's pretty frank. She'd be like, um, could you stop comparing me to someone that has been canonized as a saint. That's another thing. Because of the way Diana died, and the fact she died so young, she's been canonized into a saint. People forget that she had flaws, that she was a person, that she was not a saint, that she was... Just a a She was a human. And she was a humanitarian, (laughs) and she found her... Sadly, I always felt like she found her calling, her true calling... Post divorce, pre death. Like she started spreading those wings when she was still married, um, and she had a lot of resistance. I mean, this is the first woman in the early eighties that publicly, first woman of stature that publicly went publicly went into AIDS hospitals and embraced and kissed AIDS patients. At times, where people people that we thought were pretty intelligent were like. Without a hazmat suit, you can't do that because they didn't know. And she's like, that's stupid. That's and essentially. And she was like, that might be stupid. She's like, I don't really know what she was saying is I don't really know if that's the case. But I know this is a human being and I know they have not been held and I know they have not been loved. And I know that they some of these folks don't have family yeah. because of this. Well, and that's why and the, the gay she, fan base that she has procured is so steadfast. She did that without yeah. She did that, and people were like, she was calculating with that. I go, no, she did that because she was a human. Right. She did. She she connected with some of these people right. for, for feeling like outsiders, which sounds insane because yeah. she was part of the royal family, but that is how outside she felt. She, yeah. she had so much press on her, and yes, there was some sense of like trying to impress folks, I'm sure, because she's in the royal family. But we got to remember we're in the early 90s. Like, right. this isn't today. Yeah, today, everything's fake, right? It's all going to be fake. It's right. Show. But back then, <laughs> she doesn't care if she has followers. Like, No. She just I mean, does what a human being should do. Sets an example for basically the kingdom that she... And her boys. I think at the end of the day, she knew. They took that Her Royal Highness title away from her but it didn't matter because she's already she was the because the uk was like um she's ours though she will always be princess diana to us fuck you royal family again you're out of touch they saw that love in the protection she had for those boys and um which is funny because that's essentially what's happening now with Meghan markle and that it is them basically pulling away but this time it's not a divorce it's hey i'm I'm going with her and i i think the interesting perspective of that from him is when when her when that when their mother was taken away from them he's the youngest and he always knows that he's the spare right he always knows he's not in line i'm not in line 
It's my brother. And after my brother, it's all his fucking kids. Yeah. And we know that they're breeders. So you know they're going to have a hunt. I mean, I think they got three now, four, maybe. I don't even know. Yeah. But there's a level of comfort with that. And there was always a level with Harry of being able to be more bold. I will say that because yeah. people are like, why he's can't... in the more desirable position? Like, he why can't really, gets I go, all William? I go, William can't do it. He gets all the benefits with none of the pressure, right? But he doesn't have as many benefits now, and people criticize them for leaving, and they're like, "Listen, yes, he's like, I was absolutely privileged. I had this money, I had this security, but when we left, that was all taken away from us. So them getting deals with Netflix and them getting deals with podcasts and them partnering with." Nonprofits that are going to pay them, fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. Yeah. I have no criticism on that. I have, this is their livelihood now. It's going to be interesting for us to see what happens with the royal family as like time goes by because it seems like England or the United Kingdom, and I'm sorry, I don't know which is different, like the difference between them. I, but think, like, it's, I think it's now UK. The United Kingdom. Okay. Yeah, it's confusing. I think they're getting a bit tired of the royal family and having oh, a royal family. And they the understanding been. that this is essentially sort of kind of a dictatorship a bit. You have a dwindling <laughs> amount of what is called royalists. And yep. if my friend who was just here last week, Luke Powell, who is from the UK um, and the London area, he is not a royalist and he would laugh all the time when we lived together because it's tradition it's tradition right because i was i mean he was visiting london when william and um kate got married and he knew and by the way i was up in the middle of the night also to watch harry he knew i was up at like four in the morning with a tear on, <laughs> drinking champagne and watching every minute of it. And he was texting she me. Loves it. He was texting me, mind you, they're ahead. And he's like, he's about to lean over on the balcony and give her another kiss. I'm like, fuck you. Because he's just making fun of me. Send me a photo before I see it on TV. <laughs> yeah, he's just making fun of me. But he, he is like, he would always laugh at us Americans watching it because it's like, you guys see it in such a different way. We and, see it in such a fantastical and way. And we see it in a fantastical way, but we have nothing to like to this. <laughs> and I think in his perspective, he's like, thank God. Yeah. You should be lucky you don't. It's ridiculous that we have these. Because fi- to him, it's like figureheads in the government. Why are we giving money to these people? Yeah. Why are we giving money to these people who are in front of nonprofits? Yeah. What are they doing? So I, I understand what he's saying, but like I was, and same with Harry. I was fucking four in the morning. I had tea sandwiches. I made little food. Other people you came over. It? Yes. Right. My, yeah, Next time I need that. My in, friend right? Kate and my friend Evan spent the night that night. And we I got them all up in the morning. We had tea and champagne. It was magical. <laughs> and it's mostly magical because I'm like, I will never... Because you're not British. I'm not British. I will never experience we anything have like Disney this. Disney is our equivalent to this. We go to Disney and we see our princes. In- <laughs> that is so sad. We go and watch the electric light parade. Yeah. And like, look, there's Prince Charming with a plastic wig on. And then we see it for real. And then we, we create the same Disney type fantasy around this family, which... Well, they are not a Disney fucking family. No, absolutely though. not. And that's what people are starting to realize. I mean, <laughs> this is they no are, Disney. 
They are God. This is tradition that probably should go away soon. I mean, I will hand it to Oprah again. I always hand so much to Oprah. But I do believe that, you know, they're living in the same neighborhood, essentially, as Oprah. Like Oprah's like the next door neighbor? Oprah is... Like Oprah's taking out the trash Oprah's, on, the, on the Thursday. Yes, Oprah's within, I would say, a spit's throw <laughs> of them. And the Oprah, idea, can I borrow your lawnmower? Just the idea of Oprah with all of those really expensive dogs <laughs> she has and those crazy glasses she's been wearing. Just sitting around with Meghan Markle. It just... It warms the heart. Oprah's the closest thing we got, I think, really to royalty here. I don't... Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. We're on the two-hour mark. We're done, y'all. Um, I will remind you guys, please, please, please check out Dark Knight of the Podcast, which is Roger Connors' is awesome horror podcast, which does a lot of focus on a queer perspective, I would say. Yes. Um, their latest episode was Gravy. You guys, first off, watch the movie Gravy. You will not ever see anything like gravy. Yep, for Gabourey Sidibe. Gabourey Sidibe and Sutton Foster in a movie together. That's all you gotta know. What a tasty film. Cannibalism. Um, uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, is, what, what's it from? Jimmy uh, Simpson. Jimmy Simpson but from I will Always say, Sunny. I will say something about Jimmy Simpson. So, like, he, you mentioned this. He does play a lot of repellent characters in movies. Um, that's probably what he's known for. And he's also a writer, but if anybody's ever watched Westworld, he did a real... I really saw his range in the last couple of years because he plays a younger version of, of this character called the Man in Black, who is like this very soft-spoken, kind character. It is like the Ed... Ed, you know this actor, Blue Eyes. Ed... That's a two-letter name. I don't know what we're know. going off of. Ed, Ed, Ed Not Ed Asner. Ed <laughs> Daniels. Ed. Look it up. Look up Westworld right now. This is oh. going to drive me crazy. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, the guy. You're saying the guy that he plays opposite so, of. No, he doesn't play opposite. He plays the younger version in Flashbacks. Ed Harris? Ed Harris. Ed so, Harris. and the wonderful thing about this is they don't look anything alike. So, people are like, that's weird. But it's it works so well for the show, even though the show is very flawed. Because it has this very softer spoken character played by Jimmy Simpson, who's kind of like almost, I don't want to say he's a sex symbol. He's not a sex symbol, but he's like very kind of like a romantic, sexy lead in this, which is very different from him playing Uh, the McPoyle. Liam Liam McPoyle in Always Always Sunny in California. Uh, In Philadelphia. Philadelphia. (laughs) By the way, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, premiering season 15. December 1st, there will be a podcast about that with a special guest um, who's never been on here before. <sighs> so please subscribe to Dark Knight of the Podcast. Thank you. Subscribe to mine. Give both of us five-star reviews. Please. Tell people about it. There's also a Patreon um, at Dark Knight of the Podcast you want to think about. Um, it's really inexpensive. Yeah, starts it, at $2. It, it starts at $2, but we have, a, we have three different levels, um, and we have quite... Quite a lot of material, yes. including two full-length episode bonus episodes a month um, that will not be. Uh, they're exclusive. To, they're exclusive to the the Patreon. Uh, these are full-length reviews that we do that we are only releasing to our Patreon. Uh, we also have other things coming down the pipeline. 
Uh, we have some guest interviews coming up that are very exciting. And we have um, stickers and knickknacks and so forth and so on. Yes. So definitely check it out. Also check out mine. Obviously you're listening to it, but review it. Don't be a jackass. And if Gustavo starts one, listen to his Yes. Too. And thank you, Gustavo, for being my first time. I've never had Gustavo on here, so that's exciting. Thank you for having me. I... Don't have a great podcast. time. I'm glad. <laughs> no podcasting now. You all can see why. No, <laughs> you're fantastic. You are smooth, melodic voice. No, your voice is really good, it's and you have nice. some very good feedback today. We needed it. We always need an anchor because as, we'll just as you see, we blow get, away, we'll float out into. I mean, oh, the best. I mean, once we got to Tyra Banks, Tyra Banks, you're just see why. I mean, I've already got Tyra Banks's uh, music video for "Move Your Body" pulled up on my phone for as soon as we're wrapped up. I've, I mean, I was doing my own research. It's, let me tell you. it's <laughs> definitely influence. You can tell when you watch that video. She Paul Abdul. No, we are at the height of Beyonce influence. Oh, yeah. Like you can tell that that's who she's trying to be. And without the vocals. Without the vocals, but you know, who needs to sing? Who needs to really know how to sing these days? Okay. It I will was see- the theme of the episode, really. <laughs> <laughs> that is the theme of today's episode. All right. Um, I will talk to you later, Popsters. Uh, make sure you check out popcultureforsephony.com for additional visual content, especially JoJo Siwa. <laughs> As Pennywise. And the forehead. And the forehead. <laughs> We're doing full measurements. I mean, it, we'll be touching on a lot of things on that website, but, you know, it always helps. We talked a, a lot about big craniums today. We had the cranium size <laughs> for um, for the, the Gucci, the house of Gucci. Yes. We talked about, when we mentioned Gustavo's cranium at one point, <laughs> and then now we're talking about... Um, uh, Rihanna's cranium. Rihanna's. Rihanna's. Like, it is a, it is a forehead-heavy episode. But so that's yeah. it. And I do need to say one thing before we send off. Not a bark. Not a bark from Dexter. Who is currently crammed between <laughs> our thighs. He is I, here, but he is soon. This is, ama- this is amazing. Is he dead? He's alive. I can feel his little tummy going up and down, up and down. But I think that he... There, this is it. This is it. It's the calming oil he needs. It's us. It's our presence. It's these three voices together? Yeah. Yeah, it must put him to sleep. Oh, my goodness. He, <laughs> this has never happened. As you all know, every episode features him barking at a squirrel or something. And here he's just sandwiched he's between present. me and me and Roger. Thinking right. about Jojo Siwa's forehead. Thinking about Jojo Siwa in general. Or maybe Maddie Ziegler. <laughs> and or as... Or how hateful she really is. It's Gustavo. Yeah. Gustavo hates, hates her. Maddie Ziegler. She's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's not listening to this. Uh, I don't, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. All right. We did need to circle back to music, but on, the, on another, <laughs> another episode. episode. On another episode, we will touch on music in the problems There will be a brief. <laughs> but we're going to have to go in deeper with it. Much deeper. Not enough time to Not do. enough time to talk about music. That's a that's a three-part miniseries. But um, do yourself a favor... Get what? a big drink and watch it as and watch homework. it as homework. We haven't made it through it the whole way yet. No, <laughs> that's a fact. Um, I have not made it through the whole way either. I started it. I got in twenty minutes and I felt bad and I went into a slight fetal position and then I watched. I watched a little bit old episodes of Community. I, I couldn't watch it anymore. So we will finish it and we will go finish more it and also i'm asking anybody out there not one person but i'm asking anybody out there who has experience with people who are on the autism spectrum 
this might be a time for you to become part of this episode of music. So make sure to reach out to me because I would love to hear your feedback. If perhaps you're on the spectrum or if you have a family member because... Is music offensive? Because I feel like Sia consulted no one in the community. No one. <laughs> All right. I love you, Popsters, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Maybe I am angry inside. I've been through stuff, so I'm angry. Yes, but it's not, this is not, oh,